0: Hello everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, it is well there's hockey back. The rookie uh, prospect showcase in Buffalo, New York, kicked off on Thursday night. We've got live reaction and so much more inside today's show. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 686 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. I am fresh off Game One of the Buffalo Rookie Showcase, where the Montreal Canadiens prospects took on the Sabres prospects Thursday night. You'll be hearing this Friday morning. And I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host who is trying to bully me into bugging the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, Laura Sabba, the active stick. Laura, hockey's kind of back a little bit. Uh, Are we excited about this, or are we dreading the impending season here?
1: We're excited. We are excited. Here's the thing. This game went kind of how I expect the Habs season to go, even though most of these players will not be on the NHL team. I think that we're going to see a lot of fun moments with some good plays by the young players that are expected to be the future of this team. And we're going to see a lot of defensive lapses and possibly questionable goaltending, depending on how that shakes out. I, If you're watching on YouTube, you will see that I busted out the fall flannel the second I could, the second <laughs> I could put on fall clothing. So it's very fitting that tonight is the first game of the of the of the showcase it's it's effectively the beginning of the season for me and i was watching as a lot of people were on the youtube i was not live uh in 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 the is, is it the harbor center is that what it's called yes
0: the harbor i was center.
1: not yeah so i was following along with the comments and i just like i was like it feels like mid-season with everyone's complaints about everything i mean it's the second day of training camp these rookies showed up and were thrown on the ice like you know what I mean? Like, did they even have like a, one full practice together?
0: Uh, This morning, they had like morning skate at like 1130 and like whatever they got in prospect camp like a month ago. So like... Right.
1: So, yeah. And so I just saw people being like, oh, this is not good. This is not go- good. I think the biggest story of this game has to be Slavkovsky. That's what everyone was there to see. That's what everyone was watching. That's what everyone was paying close attention to. And I suspect that we will spend quite a few minutes talking about Slavkovsky in this we episode. Will.
0: We, we will get to uh, Yuri Slavkovsky here. Just some general thoughts on this is it's very good that hockey is back. Um, we've missed it at least a little bit here. Uh, obviously, is a show that's going back to five shows a week next Monday, which, by the way, as a heads up, please keep sending us mailbag questions. We are pushing that into next week since there's so much to talk about. With the rookie tournament this weekend. So we are not ignoring your questions. Please keep sending them in at l o underscore Canadians, lockdown Canadians at gmail.com. We love and appreciate all of you. Uh, my th- For those who weren't able to watch, uh, the Canadians' prospects fell uh, 4 3 to the Sabres prospects in this game. And it's not because they played poorly. I think overall they were the better team. Uh, there is some special teams dysfunction, which seems to run from the top to the bottom here. I, we see them trying things, In they lost on what stands as a shorthanded game-winning goal. Uh, Uri Slefkowski kind of forced a play into a spot that didn't need to. It went the other way. Uh, despite players getting back, guy you know cut in, shorthanded, scored. It is what it is. And the biggest thing out of this is we're not going to draw any definitives right now. Uh, but we will get into some of the stuff that we liked a little bit later on because there was a lot of highlights. And my biggest thing is here is there are some names that stood out in a way that I didn't expect, and they kind of impressed me. Like I look at Miguel Torini and I look at uh, Xavier Simono, who are the two smallest guys in this group. They are 5'7 and 5'8, and they don't play like it at all. And that's really impressive to me is that they see the game well. They are aggressive. They're not afraid to go into the dirty areas to make things happen. And even if they're a little undersized, they make plays happen a little bit. Uh, I was very impressed with the way they played overall. And I'm I'm interested to see what they do next because Caden Gooley, he's not injured. He is not injured. They wanted him to get another practice in there. It's been a while since he's played. Um And I think I wouldn't be shocked to see him in the lineup tomorrow, uh, along with maybe someone like Gianni Fairbrother, who uh, did not play tonight as well. There was unfortunately no Joshua. There's no Vincent Zoros. They're nursing injuries, and so is Logan Mayu. None of them are playing due to injuries. Uh, Laura, I got to ask, if you're looking at this lineup and the way that everyone played defensively pretty soundly, who's coming out for Caden Gooley here?
1: Honestly, I can't really decide. And so I think the way the Canadians will approach, because, I mean, you could tell that these are rookies, right? You can tell that there's a lot of raw talent there that needs to be developed a little bit better. Some of the decision-making, some of the instincts need to be developed a little bit better. Like, it was, I thought that they played well defensively as a whole, which was interesting. Uh, But for me, I, 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 what I would do if I'm the Habs is I would remove, who you either know what you've gotten or somebody that is not expected that you're not really expected to like make a lineup spot right away, right? Like somebody who's still either recently drafted or they're a long way from the NHL. Cause for me, like there were some things that really, really stood out. I honestly, like I know Jordan Harris is going to make the NHL this season. Like just watching him on the ice, you could tell he was the most experienced player there. You could, tell like he and Justin Barron were very natural right so I don't think that it's the end of the world if they remove them for for Caden Gooley
0: I think that's the right thing too is I don't think it'll be Barron just because he's wearing the C uh in this but they might rotate some of these guys through and give everyone a chance I think there's just some bodies there who are hey we're filling in in this just in case god forbid anything goes crazy wrong here and Obviously, a lot happened. There was a lot of good. There was a lot of bad. There's a lot of in-between, but I can tell you one thing. uh, Habs fans are going to love Uri Slavkovsky, and before we get into that, though, we're taking a look at some of the things that we think they can tighten up on going into their next game, and that's all coming up in our next segment. But first, as I mentioned off the top, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net, and they are your number one source for all your pro and college football betting and sports info this year. Find all the latest league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including every game, every single week. They have all your sports wagering info, live betting, eSports scores, whatever you're looking for, and you can bet on everything. MLB playoffs are right around the corner. MMA, boxing, golf, whatever you need. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. We are back. We are – I have gotten home 15 minutes ago from the Harbor center. And I, I understand this is the first game that a lot of these guys have played together. And I want to just, there's one thing out of everything in this game that irked me. I don't want to even say irked. That feels a little bit mean because it's a preseason prospect tournament that doesn't matter in any way, shape or form. The power play didn't work very well. Uh, They had one, you know, good run in the second period where they had Matias and Orleander working as a pivot. get had Riley Kidney off to one wing. They had uh, Justin Baron off to one wing. And they had Jan Mishak in the middle. And then they had Uri Slavkovsky, uh goal line net front. Uh, it didn't work. And like I said, that shorthanded goal came as a result of the power play just kind of malfunctioning a little bit in the third period. And it's weird is that Laval's power play, because Jean-Francois Houle and his staff are the ones coaching the team in this tournament, never really struggled this much. It usually was able to work pretty well and look a little bit more fluid. Uh, This one seemed kind of rigid, and it didn't seem to break out of it in that maybe someone else should have been distributing, and Norlander should have been a shooting target. Maybe, you know, they could have tried Owen Beck in there, but... I'm not going to worry about the power play too much, but I just, I look at it. And the number one thing is I notice I'm like power play still doesn't work. The PK works great. Um, Slavkovsky and Mayshar combined for a shorthand to go with their own. That's great. We will get to that, but the power play just does not click the way that the Canadians probably need it to. But again, it's a preseason tournament. So Laura, feel free to tell me that I'm being absolutely insane here, worrying about the power play on, Uh, September 15th, 2022.
1: I don't think you're insane at all. I think it's a hot topic in Montreal, particularly because the NHL team has been struggling with it for a long time. I think it's a meme now. Can you fix the power play? (laughs) And I think for me, the, the power play is one of those things where these are rookies, right? It's, it's true that they've played hockey all the way to get to this point, but they're still rookies. So even if you have a sound strategy in your mind, like the coaching staff might have, the execution of it has to take practice. I think for me, it's practice and experience like that's why we call them rookies right like that's why they're prospects and that's why they don't necessarily make the nhl right out of their draft year a lot of times it takes them two three years even to make the nhl because they're just inexperienced so i feel like an experienced team if with no practice with minimal drills i don't know what what the you know the prospect um uh, camp was like before like development camp was like a month ago, right? But with no real time to spend on it, no real experience, it doesn't matter what the coach goes out there and tells you to do, you're going to revert to instinct and your execution is never going to be clean. So I'm not too worried about it, but it would have been really nice for us to see Something that we're concerned about, like work itself out in the future of this team by watching the, you know, like in French, the word is espoir, like the hopes of this team. Like I truly, I love, I love that word. Prospect is is, is espoir. Like so, like to me, like I just feel like it would have been really exciting to see that because we showed up and or we logged on, and we watched Slavkovsky and we're like, you know, he's coming is advertised. And then we didn't see that with the power play where it's like all these players that in theory could make it work. However, I have lots of faith in uh, in in this team, the coaching staff, and the development of this team that by the time this team is ready to make the playoffs in a few years, we're going to see a much better power play and we're no longer going to be banging our heads at the wall every time we see one.
0: Uh, besides the power play, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on goaltending because it... Joe Verbatic is a late-round pick, and, you know, he struggled a little bit tonight, and at the same time, when you haven't played in a while, you're facing unfamiliar pieces with an unfamiliar team in front of you, it's hard. I'm not going to draw any broad strokes here because that's just not a fair thing to do with this. He wasn't great tonight, but at the same time, preseason rookie tournament, who cares? We're going to just move on from that. And the biggest thing I look at tonight is – Emil Heinemann is going to be such a divisive player because he had a goal and an assistant, a really nice goal coming down the wing, and he ripped that thing far corner. It was beautiful. And then I didn't notice him for much the rest of the game. He There were some head-scratching decisions that I watched with the puck, and he's not the only one guilty of this, but this is someone that you can see the skill is there, and it's just not coming off in the plays. I watch him and he sees a lane. He's coming down the right side. He's heading into the far end, the left end of the ice here in the second period. And he's got a guy and he's got the outside lane. And he deeks to cut inside the guy. But he's done it three strides too late. And the other partners, defensive partners, come over. The puck goes through them, but he isn't following that because he's cut off. The, the process and thinking is there it's just not fully up to speed yet. And it's, it's close that if it clicks, it's going to be great. And just some of the defensive things like the puck crosses middle ice there, and you can just kind of see the wheels wind down a little bit. If you don't see that with a guy like Xavier Siemeneau or Jan Meshack or Owen Beck, who, Oh, trust me. Do we have a lot to say about Owen Beck in the last segment? The motor kind of turns off a little bit. And You you can't do that at the professional level. You can't do that in the AHL. You can't do that in the NHL. You probably can't do that in the SHL or in Europe or in whatever league. You cannot do that. Keeping that compete motor going is important, especially in Martin St. Louis' system, which is based off of, you know, effort and trying. You can't just wait for good things to happen to you. And again, I thought offensively he played great, but, he, there's going to be some frustrations there, I think, with fans who see what the end product can be, and the process there just isn't fully clicking a little bit. Uh, Laura, is there anyone else that you saw that you kind of wanted, maybe a little bit more from in this game?
1: I honestly, I was going to talk about goaltending, but I think it, you know, it's it it feels a little bit unfair because it would feel like picking on him at this point. Um, I didn't expect much but I thought that the goals that 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 Verbetic allowed i I, I just had questions about them and I think I don't know it you know we, goaltending has been such a, an emotional roller coaster this past season that I think maybe it's just something that um, maybe myself and some other fans unnecessarily focused on in this particular moment but I'm particularly what like what I'm excited to to talk about is the good stuff but I just want to clarify that when Scott said I'm trying to bully him into going to say hi to Marty he's absolutely (laughs) right I want him to go say hi to Marty because Martin St. Louis is a hall of fame hockey player and how many times are you going to be in like literally the same press room as him hopefully a lot more often I know I agree like you live in Buffalo right but like that's my question I just I think you should have said hi and I think people are going to be torn on this because people are going to be looking at it as Scott Matla, the fan, should go say hi. But Scott Matla, the journalist, probably shouldn't.
0: But we will put this to a poll. Laura, you can <laughs> put this out tomorrow morning. We can put a poll on the Lockdown Canadians account whether or not I should go say hi to Martin St. Louis. Uh, in the interest of my own professionalism, I, if I were there as a fan, like just watching this, oh, you absolutely. As someone who was there to try and do press work and, you know, working... I And also as someone with, you know, high-functioning anxiety who is afraid of, you know, people with clout behind them. Uh, <laughs> I was terrified to, of going to say that. So I guess we could put me as one of the uh, needs to work harder uh, going into the next game. <laughs> However.
1: I just, I, I just think, Scott, I just feel like if you just went up to say, hi, Marty, I'm Scott. Nice to meet you. I've been a huge fan of your career because it's true. He's literally a Hall of Famer and that's it. You're not being weird, you're not being creepy, and you're not hanging around too long, which is important.
0: Hey, bro, I, I saw fun. you hammering chips at the draft. I too <laughs> like to, you know, take a bag <laughs> of chips and just. The <laughs> worst part is that I know him and Jeff Gordon have likely read my tweets, which is not a good they thing for someone. They
1: have seen o- it, yes.
0: I terrified. Anyways. <laughs> We are going to move on into our next segment. We're going to talk about Uri Slavkovsky. We're going to talk about Owen Beck. We're going to talk about some of the underrated players in this game, and that's all coming up next. All right. We are back. We are locked on Canadians, and we're just going to get this one right out of the way immediately. Uri Slavkovsky effing rules. (laughs) Oh, when I say thoroughbred I don't mean like, oh, he's going to be a good prospect. I mean, he is like a horse on the ice. He's a big dude. Like, you can go look at Matt Drake's feed, who he was covering all this tonight. He was, you know, giffing everything because I couldn't at the arena. And the dude skates like someone should not for his size. Someone tried to hit him when he crossed into the offensive zone with his head down and they just bounced off of him. He went in. And then got pot- their ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he went into piles of like three or four guys and just knocked them over. People tried to hit him, and they could not. He got in a scrum. Two dudes ran up and started showing him, looked up, saw it was him, and immediately dropped their hands and walked away. He, I'm not saying he's the end product. He's not. He has some tendencies to work out, but oh my God, I, I get it looking at this, he's got this tantalizing skill and everything else, like he's so, so good.
1: I think for me, like the most important thing was that anything that I saw in his game I didn't like wasn't a matter of lack of talent or ability. Everything that I saw in his game that I was like, eh, that needs work was literally just, it needs work, right? Like it needs more experience. It needs development. It needs, you know, I, I just, it needs refinement. I guess, I guess refinement is the best way to put it. Because I personally thought that I saw the flashes of what, what the scouting staff saw, saw in him. I saw all the potential. I still saw him as somebody who I think they're going to start him in the AHL. I think they're going to ease him into his position because I just, I think that. They have an opportunity here. If they do everything right with Slavkovsky, they're going to get a superstar, but they have to do everything right. Like that's when I was watching, that's what I saw. I didn't see somebody who, you know, was overrated in any way. I didn't see somebody who disappointed me. I saw that there was so much exciting potential, but also it's so clear that he's young it's so clear that he's raw. Like the fact that he was able to play against men, like people keep talking, it was, Oh, it's a boy playing against men. The fact that he was able to do that is just a testament to like what he's, what he already has, how much he's already developed. But I think like those little things, like, and everything that I, I remember just like reading critiques of like, you know, he did this well, but he did this well. And it's like all these people whose commentary I respect that, are, that were watching the game at the same time, everything that they mentioned that needed work was a habit. It was not a flaw. It was just a bad habit that needs he needs to fix or or needs to develop better.
0: And before we jump into like our next thing that we were a big fan of, his confidence, he wants the puck. He wants to make the play. He wants to take on an entire team. I live for that. He's confident in his talents. He needs to be a little bit more selfless. Sometimes he and Meshar work together. Great. Like that shorthanded goal was just mm, chef's kiss. I love it. I want to frame it, put it in the Louvre, like fantastic. He needs to be able to do those more selfless things and he's going to learn when he's got someone like Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. He's not always going to be the guy and that's okay. Cause he was always the guy in for the Slovak teams. He doesn't have to be that in the NHL. And speaking of someone who knows how to play selflessly, uh, Owen Beck was probably the best Canadians prospect in this game. I know Slavkovsky is going to draw the rave reviews for how well he played. Owen Beck did so many little things right that him wearing number 62 is just perfection. If anyone was going to replace Arturi Lekanen with that jersey number, it is Owen Beck smart defensively, smart in the neutral zone, back checking hard, winning puck battles. And I'm not just saying this because his family was sitting in front of us the entire game. Owen Beck is so very good at what he does. I don't know what the ceiling is at the NHL level because I'm not an expert on that, but he does so many little things right that you can't not see an NHL role for him. He's so smart on and off the puck and I'd like to see him with Slavkovsky and Mayshar next game. I think there's a lot of things that could go really right with that. And I want to see it happen. But, man, he, he got rewarded with a goal he very much deserved. He helped start the first one. Every little thing, the back checks, the defensive pressure, the covering for defensemen who are pinching, love it. I absolutely adored watching him play. And, I see, and the Canadians, I feel like, are very lucky that he was there at 33rd overall. Because... He's, he was a first-round talent who should not have gone in round two whatsoever.
1: I There's so many things I love about Owen Beck. We've talked about it on this podcast. We are on the record. We are fans of this, of this player, of this prospect. Uh, we think he has a really high floor. So, you know, his ceiling could be much higher than we think it is. The knock on him this year was his production, right? The reason that he was still around at 33 was his offensive production in the OHL. And I just, I look at this and I'm like, The Canadians, like if they put this kid in the right position to succeed, he's going to be one of those people where like he's like a 3C and everyone's going to be like, I can't believe this guy is a third line center on a lot of teams. He's going to be second or first, right? I'm not saying he's like, you know, he's like elite superstar first center. I think that this guy is just like a solid player. I love his attitude. So while you were driving home, I was listening to the post games, uh, to the interviews, and I just, I love his attitude. And somebody asked him about the face-offs. And I think it's because it's a hot topic in Montreal, obviously, because of Kirby Doc and all of that. I just like, he just said that, you know, I worked on it and, and, you know, I took this guy's advice on it. I, I, I took, you know, I, I did the work. Like he just, he put the work behind it. The reason he was best in the OHL was just because he worked so hard at it and he hasn't stopped working at it, even though he knows he's, he's, he's good. I just, I love way he approaches the game and I just I wonder like what the context was for his lack of production because I really do feel like if the Canadians put him in the right position they give him a little bit more time I'm not saying he's ready to make the NHL tomorrow I don't think the Canadians should rush any of their prospects particularly since they're in like your like they're still in the first year of the rebuild technically because like all the firings happened in the middle of last year right (laughs) so i'm i'm just like they're in year like 1.5 of the rebuild it's not year two i just i think that they can take their time with him and they can like put all of their development like like energy and resources into him and he could be those guys that you talk about when you say you win cups with that guy on your team right like that's 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 how i envision owen beck being like i'm I, again like i don't think he's going to be an elite superstar like i don't want people yelling at me being like he's overrated he's not overrated he is a fantastic player with a really high potential with a really high floor as well, Like, I think that's the key is that even if he doesn't develop into a second line center, he's going to be your third line center, making all of the smart plays in the right moments, the right position, the right time. Like, I just, I'm so excited about this kid. And I think that, like, like, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? Like, he's going to develop into a third line or fourth line center. He's still going to be a serviceable NHL player. You know, like, I just, I, I just find that, like, if he continues on this path, then, you know. The sky's the limit.
0: Yeah. He's got all the tools in his toolkit to improve on in the mindset to do so. And there's one last person I want to touch on a little bit because I'm not sure if they were great or just okay tonight. Arbor Jack is such a chaotic player, I think is the very nicest way I can put this when he wants to hit a dude nothing else is going through his mind, except I am going to turn whoever is in front of me into a puddle. And he does that with startling efficiency and he can move. He's aggressive, almost to a fault. And I look at watching him play and I go, he steps up and he wants to make contact. And there are times that you go, no, this is not the time. I'm very interested to see what the next couple of games in the preseason hold because that dude wants to just hit people he's such a throwback player but then late in the game I'm watching him take the puck skate through the neutral zone dangle around a guy and put a pass into the slot for an opportunity and I go where is this coming from and
1: it's always been there is the thing. I, th- I think people just kind of typecast him as a one-dimensional player. I just find that, you know, he said before the game, I think he said this in in like a press availability or something, where he didn't just want to be a meathead defenseman, right? He wanted to show that he has the skill, he has the intelligence, and he does. And and I saw so many people being like, the Canadians got this guy for free. <laughs> like, he was just, he was under, he was just there, And they looked into him. And I'm just so excited to see him. I'm excited to see more of him. And initially at the beginning of the episode, when you asked, who would you take out for goalie? I considered Jack Eye, but I don't think so because I do think that, first of all, like he he doesn't just want to hit people, like he wants to hit people in such a way that they're gonna be separated from their the puck, their teammates, potentially the ice, maybe they'll end up in California. I just find that like (laughs) the enthusiasm he has for that aspect of his game, but then like just the quiet abilities as well to like, just make skilled plays, make intelligent plays. Like I, I, I want to see more of him in this rookie tournament. And I think that, you know, he was somebody that I didn't necessarily predict would make the NHL this year. I, I still think he's going to spend the bulk of the year in the AHL. I just think that he's got a chance to be in the NHL just based on the way that he plays and what's there, like the kernels of potential that are there.
0: And we will have so much more from the rookie tournament. We will have a three up and three down next week. Please keep sending us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians, lockdown Canadians at gmail.com. As always, folks, we love you. We appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed And when you're done checking us out. Please check out Lockdown NHL where they have all the local experts giving you all the news going into the regular season. And as always, follow my co-host at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. We will see you all next week.